0: I cannot believe we are at episode 10 we're at double figures this is exciting but it means that the next goal for me is 50 episodes and then on the way to 100 so that feels like so far away considering like it's taken 10 uh taken this long sorry to get to 10 episodes which technically I don't fortnightly, so 20 weeks. <laughs> so i got a long time, maybe a whole year, until I hit 100. So maybe this time next year I'll be hitting 100. But anyway, we'll get there. Now, before I get started, do not forget, if you like this podcast and you really think that it's helpful, I would really appreciate this if you could share it through your social media or share it with a friend, a colleague, whoever it is. Um, they don't even have to be into women's health because a lot of this is a lot of self development as well. But it really helps me grow my podcast and reach more like minded individuals, and ultimately have like a bigger effect in terms of the women's health industry or even health and fitness industry um, with com- like practitioners feeling confident in their skills, um, which was really important to me. And I think a lot of people struggle with this. So please share. Um, I would appreciate it. Anything. Anyway. Just, sorry. Words are a bit scattered. Um, one thing I've actually really noticed um, just in doing these 10 episodes of the podcast is that I already feel so much better about doing this whole podcast thing. I I know like I was really anxious about starting the podcast and I felt like so not confident in doing it at all from episode one, but I'm so much quicker at putting together the content now. I can record it in one sitting and I feel so much better Sitting here in my office, talking to a microphone, uh, visualizing you listening on the other end and pretending like we're having a chat where you don't respond. But um, it definitely feels so much more normal and I feel so much more confident in it. I feel like my skills are slowly developing. And this is what has led me into today's topic, the topic of skill mastery. How do you master a skill? I don't like... Let's get into it. <laughs> I was going to dive into a whole other ball game right there, but I'm going down that track. Now, uh, I want to talk about Malcolm Gladwell. He is an author. He wrote a book about um, called The Outliers or The Story of Success. Um, I haven't actually read that book, to be quite honest, but it's come up in so many different things I've actually read already or people I've spoken to about self-development. Um, but there is one concept that he talks about that is really commonly known called the 10,000-hour rule. Um, It is believed that to truly master a skill, it takes 10,000 hours. Now, that would be like 40 hours per week, so full-time work for 52 weeks of the year, so no time off, for 4.8 years (laughs) dedicated just to that skill. So a little bit, a lot. It's quite a lot. But the most important part of that um, concept is to, in order to have this skill mastery, there needs to be deliberate practice involved um, or focus, should we say, on that skill. And this involves goal setting, feedback on the performance and countless drills to improve that skill. So quite a lot of deliberate, purposeful practice of that skill over a very long period of time. Now, this concept was in regards to maybe more skill acquisition in something like performance, so a sport, or maybe even like learning you a know, musical instrument or something like that. But I want to explore this a little bit further in terms of mastering your trade as a health and fitness professional, whatever that might be for you. Remember, I'm an exercise physiologist and most of you listening are also EPs. So this is going to be in regards to more health health conditions, say. But if you're a fitness professional, maybe you want to master something like a, a certain clientele, this is going to impl- apply as well to you. Now, the EP world is notorious for producing clinicians who use exercise prescription to help treat and manage lots of complex and chronic health conditions. And this obviously ranges drastically in the type of clientele that we actually help to treat. There becomes a point in sometimes in most careers where you'll sort of navigate or find yourself flocking towards a certain health condition drawn let's say drawn towards a certain health condition not flocking like birds but you'll be drawn to that and you'll probably want to read a little bit more about it and develop your skills a bit further in there but i often really do wonder how many eps or fitness professionals if you're trying to master a certain clientele feel like maybe they just don't truly master a particular health condition or they just don't feel like they're good at something Um, this was a really really big problem for me i think early on in my career Um, I want to talk a bit further about that later on, but I often wonder how many of uh, other people feel like that, or I know I've spoken to a few of you who do feel like that and have considered career changing for that reason. So I really want to address this because I think this is really an important part that might be missing. One really common theme that among the mentees inside my mentorship was the lack of confidence that each of them actually had in pelvic floor health prior to the program. And that was one of the reasons why they jumped on board. And from the feedback that I've received so far that we've just finished the program and a couple of them have provided feedback for me, um, that confidence has completely flipped for some of them. And for some of them, it has sort of slowly transitioned, very different across um. The mentees. And I want to talk about that level of confidence and how they feel about their skills. Those who were feeling much more confident were the mentees who already had access to women's health clients and they could practice their skills in assessment and treating. Um, through exercise prescription right from the beginning of the program. So they've been six months in it. Now they're six months down the track and they've been able to move some of their clients through all four phases of the treatment cycle that we talk about and address in all of the conditions and have been able to see how that their programming has actually produced results for their clients. And now they have that trust in their own skills. So they're building that confidence um, a lot, say quicker. Um, They're going to continue to develop these skills over time maybe they'll start changing how they do things and pick up on more key patterns that maybe you know are different to some of the ones that i teach however those who are a bit slower in building their confidence didn't really have access to ongoing women's health clients and this was something that they actually said would have been more helpful in terms of like really feeling confident as they finished this um, so they found it a little bit harder to implement what they were learning and the skills that they were actually practicing Um, so I guess it really just boils down though, to like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like you need clients to practice on, but you probably won't take on clients if you have no knowledge to actually help them. So you need to get the knowledge first and then practice. So if that's something that you or a position that you are in, maybe you're considering doing the next mentorship round and you don't have clients, that's a concern for you. You kind of need to learn this content before you can actually go out there and help them because if you don't feel confident in your skills, you're probably not going to really sell your service very well and maybe you won't even take on those clients because you don't feel like you can help them. Um, So that skill mastery might be a bit slower for you, but it will happen. Now, the benefit, though, to pelvic health is that a lot of the concepts that we use are very, very relevant for general pain issues as we talk a lot about how central stability is really important and it's required for, like, really optimal movement of the body and that if there is some sort of poor aspect of stability often this results in overuse of other muscles that then end up causing pain postural issues or even in fact injury and then they're coming to you for injury so working on their central stability system including their pelvic floor and pelvic health area is really really important part of this Uh, and those who were not so much seeing women's clients were able to help in this so they could implement a few things and practice along the way but um If we do think about that 10,000 hour rule concept, they are less into those hours of deliberate practice and skill mastery than those who maybe had access to women's health clients the whole time. Now, I mean, not that the mentorship keeps you anywhere near 10,000 hours um, at all, but it kind of gets them going, I guess, in that sense. But Now, for me, when I look at my own career and progress down the 10,000 hour rule, I started with very slow exposure to women's health clients. I saw a lot of different conditions. Initially, I was a personal trainer. So heaps of my clients were just weight loss and muscle mass gain. And they had lingering issues that I would try and you know taper off their treatment to, but they were like, nah, man, I'm here for weight loss. Like stop worrying about my shoulder problem or stop worrying about my pelvic issue. Um, So it was a bit hard, but I was definitely not on the level of just practicing pelvic health at any point at the beginning of my career. And it wasn't until I really only focused on pelvic health that I started chipping away more quickly at those hours of deliberate practice. And I began to actually feel really confident in my own skills. Um, And I kind of finally felt like I moved out of those feelings of being like a glorified personal trainer and actually move into what felt like a professional health practitioner role, which in itself was so important for me in terms of feeling like successful and on the right pathway. Prior to that, I was like, what am I even doing? I could have just been a personal trainer and been a good one. And at that point in time, I could also make more money from being a personal trainer than I could as an EP. So It was a little bit of a battle inside for me, I guess. But now, like, please also, I think the 10,000 hour rule in its sense is a little bit extreme, but the concept is really, really important. And like, I don't track this. So there's no spreadsheet in the back of my computer. That's like tracking my exposure to pelvic health. Although to be quite honest, I'm someone that will probably do that. I am very much a tracker in those sense, but there isn't, I haven't tracked that. I would not know where I'm at. Um, So sorry to burst your bubble if you were hoping to hear that. Uh, But I just think that concept is so, so important. We do not truly master something unless we spend large amounts of time deliberately practicing that skill. And maybe even someone giving us feedback um, that has that skill, like a mentor, for example. Um, I think having that is also really important, but being able to do drills or sk- like drills. I mean, drills is a little bit thing I think about sport, but different type of like activities, maybe practicing different certain things or being able to have a mentor, give us more feedback about like how you could have changed something. Or maybe if you're struggling particularly to see something, um, I think that's how it kind of relates to us as like health and fitness pros. But anyway, that's the point. The point is that the concept is really important. Now, you might be listening to this thinking like, I don't really want to just do one thing. I like my variety of clients and I like seeing a lot of different people. And that is completely okay and fine. And I think is also really important if that's what you want. However, if you really want to master a skill and maybe be top in the field of something, um, you don't have to be that. But if you do, you have to spend that time doing it. You have to have exposure to clients regularly with the same or somewhat similar issues. And the more you mix and match across different areas then the skills are just going to take a lot longer to actually acquire and master. So just keep that in mind and be okay with maybe slow progress in that sense. The takeaway message is spend more time deliberately practicing the skill you want to master. Now, This could be anything. This doesn't even have to be career related. This could be whatever you want. This could be just getting better. Man, I wish I could do this for heaps of my hobbies outside of work because sometimes I'm like, I just want to be the best at this. (laughs) and I'm not there yet. And my partner will back me on this when I talk about um, my motorbike riding, for example, is something else I'm trying to work on and get better at. And I've been able to apply that skill mastery, deliberate practice, getting feedback um, from (laughs) my mentor who is my partner because it's the only person I ride with. But it's there. Same thing for you. It's the concept is the same. Seek out someone um, who can help you or find ways to get some feedback on a topic that you really want to be better at or bring yourself or put yourself into an environment that gives you that exposure. So for example, the mentorship, I presented a lot of my clients and I showed them what I did in terms of their uh, exercise progressions or like what they were presenting with. And I even talked about those times when you know you don't get the result with the person that you want because they are people and they can't do their exercises every day and follow everything to a T and things and like life get in the way. And I find that's also a really important part of further education is things don't always go to plan. So I shared that with them. And this was really helpful, I think, for those who didn't have exposure to women's health clients themselves because they could just see sort of my clients, feel like it was their clients maybe. I'm not sure if they're listening to that thinking didn't feel like it was my client, but they could see it. Now they've got all the resources and all of the example programs, for those particular clients that I had that they can then apply it later on or at least go back to when they start to get that more exposure to clients. Or maybe they're starting to bring more of those people in over the next couple of months or the next year now that they've actually got a bit of confidence in that and can start helping those clients. Um, And they can just start start building away and chipping away at those 10,000 hours a little bit more slowly than those who maybe had it from the beginning. So I think that's also really quite interesting is like how you actually this is another topic for another day but how you actually implement uh, further education when maybe you're just trying to learn something to start a new venture I think that's also really important I've definitely seen that in my mentees those who were already on the same sort of similar pathway to women's health and wanted more and those who had none and wanted to start and there's definitely two different types of confidence levels I'm seeing come out of that So, um, but I'd love, I can't wait to see how they all progress and further on in their career because they've already sort of started switching that up now. Anyway, that is the topic for today skill mastery. I hope that you've just walked away with a new perspective on skill development and maybe putting a little bit more thought about behind what you actually want to achieve or master and being able to spend more time deliberately getting better at that um thank you so much for listening once again if you're still here and being part of this community uh, it really really means a lot to me to have you in my circle and part of my little network i absolutely love it i um really hope that you are getting a lot out of this and it's helping you in more than just your career um, or you just enjoy listening to my voice i don't think i have a very good podcast voice because i listened to myself and I was like oh I sound ugly, but you know, that's okay. As long as you like it, that's fine. Anyway, it was lovely to have you here. Don't forget, share if you can. Even if you want to write a review of the podcast, I'd really appreciate that too. It's going to help me reach more people. Otherwise, have a fantastic day wherever you are. And I will see you in a fortnight for the next episode. Bye.